Hello everyone, I'm Lizzie Dawson and welcome to the third episode of Stories and Treasures, Crave Museum's podcast that goes behind the scenes of our big heritage lottery funded redevelopment. So in the last episode, we were able to chat to Rachel, who is the museum and collections officer here at the museum. And she was able to talk to us about the next stage of the project, where the museum needs to be packed up and the collection removed for the building work to take place and all of the uh, more practical considerations that need to be thought about when undertaking a task like that. We are now kind of in that stage or just after that stage where the museum has closed and the collection and the displays have been packed up by Restore Harrow Green, the professional moving company, and has now been taken off to storage for the next 18 months or so whilst we undergo that redevelopment. And if you'd like to see some great photos of some of the larger objects in the museum being taken out, clue, it involves a window being removed, do go along to our blog, which is storiesandtreasures.wordpress.com. So this month we have a special episode for you. I mentioned before that we've been working with Craven College Media Department to help make these podcasts. And a few months ago, we challenged some of the students to make podcast episodes themselves. So we went along and took some objects from the museum collection and asked the students to use these as inspiration to create audio for our podcast. We were really blown away at the creativity with which they approached these objects with and how diverse their ideas were as well. And we're delighted to have two for you to listen to today. We went to Craven College with a big selection of objects and these range from geology such as some ammonites. We also took some archaeological objects as well um, such as Neolithic axe heads and a big range of social history items too and with the students explored some of the challenges that they might face when approaching this task such as obviously listeners of a podcast not being able to see the objects. They then went and they researched the objects themselves and created a concept and a script before recording and producing their episodes. And they approached this challenge in a variety of ways. Some explored a more documentary style, whilst others imagined the story behind the object. And the two that you'll be listening to today are exploring their chosen objects through these stories. Now, I will quickly say before we listen to them that both of these podcasts encourage you to come along and visit Craven Museums to see some of our wonderful objects that we have in our collection. But we are, of course, closed for this uh, big redevelopment project. But in the meantime, whilst the museum is closed, you can have a look at our website and our blog, as well as listening to this podcast too, to find out more about behind the scenes of the project, more about the museum and what the museum team are up to. We are also going out and about in Craven during this time and putting on pop-up displays and events. So do keep an eye out on our website and social media for an event near you. And of course, when we reopen in 2020 with brand new displays, education room, search room and purpose-built museum stores, please do come along and visit us. The first podcast that we'll be listening to today is by student Olivia Parry. And it centres around an intriguing box of Silco thread by the company Dewhurst, whose mill was in Skipton, through the eyes of a young boy at the time of the Industrial Revolution. 
Now, with Olivia's podcast being set in the Industrial Revolution and being through the eyes of a young boy, it will cover certain issues such as child labour and it does go into some detail of life at the time that some might find upsetting. However, I do hope that you find this podcast interesting and enjoyable too. Hello, my name is Jack. I'm 11 years old and I work in Bellevue Mill in Skipton. I work for a man called Mr John Dewhurst. He built the mill in the early 19th century, providing hundreds of jobs for the people of Skipton. The mill is one of Skipton's largest employers and my parents and me all work there. Bellevue Mills on Broughton Road was built in 1828 and was used to produce cotton. Business was good and around a quarter of Skipton's population worked there. Aunties, uncles, everyone on my street. In fact, everyone I know worked at the mill. But in 1831, the mill was gutted by a fire. This was a huge setback to the production of cotton and a massive blow to the family because we thought we'd be out of job. But Mr Dewhurst saw this as an opportunity to rebuild his mill and got to widen the variety of products they sell. And luckily for us, we all got our jobs back. Being 11 years old, I am one of the youngest workers in the mill. I used to work as a chimney sweep before Mr Dewhurst took me on. It was one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. I hated going to work every day, with the fear of being trapped and suffocating on the thick black soot. A few of my friends died horrible deaths climbing up chimneys to clean them. Many suffocated after being trapped and some of them were burnt. It made me fear going to work every day, not knowing whether I would return home to my mother. My lungs ached every day from the soot I was breathing in. I was often sick, but could never take a day off work to rest, because I had to provide as much as I could for my family. I received five shillings a week for being a chimney sweep, which in today's money would be around 25 pence. If I missed a day of work, my pay would have been docked and I could have lost my job. The law for young workers changed recently, and so I'm only allowed to work a nine-hour day. I used to work 12 hours every day, but after the child labour laws of 1832 and the 1833 Factory Act were passed, I had to cut down my hours. My younger brother Teddy was six years old when the new law came in, and he was made to stop working, as under nines are no longer allowed to be employed. This meant we had less money coming in, To make matters worse, I had a recent growing spurt, or so my mother says, which meant I was too big to be a chimney sweep. This meant I needed to find a new job, fast. I managed to get a job in the mill, working for Mr John Dewhurst. When I walked through the large steel industrial doors on my first day of work, I knew I would enjoy working here compared to being a chimney sweep and the noise, so much noise. I was amazed by how huge Bellevue Mills was. It was five stories high and had hundreds of looms on each floor, all dedicated to spinning silk or silk substitute, and I would be earning the equivalent of 75 pence a week. This covers mine and Teddy's wage. My mother was thrilled when I told her about my new wage. My new job was still hard though and involved me crawling underneath machines to clean them by tying threads together. This was a dangerous job and I did have to be extremely careful when crawling under the machines. 
I preferred crawling under the machines to climbing up chimneys though, as there was a small chance of me getting hurt or even dying. Although we are treated quite well and there is good air circulation for everybody at the mill, I have seen some horrendous things happen to young workers. There aren't many safety procedures for us to follow and so things can often go wrong. My friend Anna, who started working at the same time as me, was injured severely on one of the machines. She crawled beneath the machine next to me and as I was tying up the last thread, I heard an ear-piercing scream. She had gotten her hair trapped in the loom. Half of her head was scalped and she wouldn't stop screaming. I can still hear the screams late at night. I saw her be rushed out of the mill and towards an ambulance. I haven't seen her since then. I just hope she's all right. Oh, and guess what? I wanted to tell you about something I got from work, something you can still see. We box all of our products in high quality cardboard boxes that are decorated in detail. These boxes are vibrant and beautiful and I always feel proud to place the bold coloured reels of cotton into them. The box is tall and slim and is a creamy off-white colour written in bold white ink on a royal blue. The words Dewhurst Machine Twist written in two arches, one at the top and one at the bottom. These words make the frame around the main label and picture. There is an illustration on the centre of the box which is a black and white drawing of what Bellevue Mills looks like. Written in red and gold just above the image is the label for Silk or Silk Substitute. This label is extremely elegant and detailed as it looks like a scroll of paper. There are decorations around the image made up of cream coloured lines all drawn in swirls like the patterns on one of Mrs Dewhurst's dresses. Inside of the box is a delicate piece of parchment paper with again the illustration of the mill and John Dewhurst and Sons written on the top. On the side of the box is information about how many reels of cotton can be placed inside. My box holds 24 reels. However, my favourite bit that is on the front of the box is the part in the smallest font, right at the bottom of the box, at the worst, made in Great Britain. It makes me proud to think that I am a part of making a product that is so beautiful and is a luxury that is famous around the world. One day, when I was packing one of the boxes with cotton, I noticed a slight rip on the bottom right-hand corner. I took it to an older worker and asked what I should do with the box, as products that are damaged are not allowed to leave the mill. He said that I should throw the box away. As I was walking towards the rubbish area, I started to think about how I'd always wanted to own one of these boxes, so I quickly put it under my coat. I couldn't afford one with my salary, and it wasn't a necessity compared to food and clothing for our family. So why not take it? No one would miss it. And I finally had something that was mine, all mine, with three siblings as well as my parents to help provide for. I don't get to keep much of my wage. I wanted something special that I could call my own. I work six days a week and don't have much to show for it. And so I decided that this box, although beaten and broken, is mine and I will take care of it and it's my prized possession. I have taken care of this box as best as I can over the years and have treasured and loved it. This box meant so much to me and it's more than just a box. It's a story of me and my family and our time working at Jewshurst Mill. Our town is built on the work of many people like me and our families and if you would like to know more about our lives, the mill and my box, then visit the Craven Museum. 
The museum contains items which celebrate Craven's local heritage and culture. In fact, there are hundreds of objects that were part of our lives. You can find the museum in Skipton Town Hall. To find out more information about the Craven Museum, you can visit www.cravenmuseum.org or call the number 01756706407. Come down and see the exhibits for yourself with free admission for everyone. It would be a shame for you to miss out on seeing objects that can take you back in time to imagine what Skipton and Craven were like hundreds and even thousands of years ago. So thank you to Olivia for her podcast. And if you would like to see the box of Silco thread that Olivia took her inspiration from, just head to the Stories and Treasures blog to have a look at a photo. Our second podcast today is by Daniel Bullock, who explored a rhino tooth that was found in a cave in Craven called Victoria Cave. And I really hope that you enjoy this. Have you ever thought about life before smartphones, 3D televisions, touchscreen watches and supercars? Well, the life in Craven was a little different 12,000 years ago, and the latest piece of technology was a mere pebble on the ground. With information of rhinos and mammoths roaming the hills of the Yorkshire Dales and the Craven district, the modern world of today have found connections to prehistoric life. Breaking news. Officers have had reports of rhinos creating disruption, trampling cars and smashing shop windows. It is still unknown where the rhinos have come from, but experts are predicting that rhinos have grown from the cells out of the woolly rhino tooth found in Victoria Cave, settled in the Yorkshire Dales. There has been a helicopter sent up to track their next moves, where they are coming from and where they are headed to. Officers are predicting their next move will be Morrison's. This unusual incident has caused mixed reactions from civilians, with some people thinking it is cool and some people are scared. Many questions are being asked about the public, but experts are still trying to figure out how this has happened and the scientific reason for this incident. We go over to our local reporter, Jane, Sudatsade Craven Museum, Skipton, North Yorkshire. Here we are, stood outside of Craven Museum in Skipton, North Yorkshire the place where the rhino tooth is now held as an exhibit. The rhinos are behind me now, supposedly on their way to Morrison's, and the people of Skipton are mind blown about what is happening. One member of the public explained the incident as, it's like the prehistoric era has come to life. The atmosphere in Skipton town centre is now busy, as the public are coming to view the rhinos like a tourist attraction. I'm here with Tim, outside Skipton town hall. Tim. How do you feel about the rhinos disrupting the streets of your local town? To be honest, there isn't really much I can do about it. I can just hope that there was no drastic damage and people injured. Tim, a few more questions. How did you hear about this bizarre incident? I actually first heard of it on the radio about two hours ago. That was when they were first sighted up near Enzi Reservoir. Thank you very much, Tim, for your time. We go back over to the studio, where we have more information on the subject. Thank you very much, Jane. They were first sighted at Empty Reservoir, and a radio report has gone out to all local residents to stay indoors. It was difficult for many to believe their eyes as they watched rhinos casually strolling through Skipton. 
We are currently receiving news from the Craven District Police and claims on social media platforms that this incident is fake and make-believe. After hours of speculations, rumours and news, I can confirm that the incident was a hoax and a fake. The hoax was performed by authorities to bring prehistoric life to the modern world and teach civilians what it would be like. If you would like to know more information on prehistoric life in the Craven District, then go to Craven Museum in the Skipton Town Hall, North Yorkshire. Here you will find the Woolly Rhino Tooth with an amazing story behind it, which you may find hard to believe. Thank you very much to Dan for his podcast. And I'll just say again that there aren't any loose rhinos in Skipton, at least none that we know about. We really hope that you enjoyed Olivia and Dan's podcast, especially their creative ways of interpreting the objects. For both of these, the students went and conducted their own research, as well as recording and producing, and we think that they created some great podcasts, approaching our challenge in a really interesting but also very different way from each other. They both imagined the stories behind the objects, but they went for different angles too, and we found this from all of the students' contributions, which is fantastic. We've also gone along to some more classes at the college, and we're hoping that some more students are going to be creating their own responses to objects from the museum, and we'll be able to play these on this podcast. Now, if you've got any questions about the projects in the museum or these podcasts, do get in touch via email, just put podcast in the title and send it along to museum at cravendc.gov.uk. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. And of course, thank you to Olivia and Dan for their podcasts. And speak to you next month to chat more about behind the scenes of the redevelopment project at Craven Museum. Speak to you then. Stories and Treasures is a podcast by Craven Museum. The project Stories and Treasures of Street and Dale is funded by the Heritage Lottery Fund, made possible by the fantastic National Lottery Players. Thank you to Craven District Council, Craven College Media Department and the students and their tutor Paul for making this podcast a possibility and contributing such creative ideas to this episode. <laughs>